Welcome to the ATB Podcast. I am your host, Salote Kifle, and today I have a very special guest with me, and that is Benjamin Rodriguez. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe start with your early life and then move on all the way up to uh, where you're at right now in life and ministry, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, um, so my name is uh, Ben Rodriguez. Um, I am... Right now, as I'm recording this podcast, I'm in Ensenada, Mexico. I'm a missionary here. Um, and my early life, my my father was in the military, and we moved around a lot um, all over the nation, um, being in different places for two to three years. Um, and it was from the movement that I got exposed to a lot of different ministries, a lot of different churches, things like that. And right around the time frame when I was a teenager, um, I ended up basing or or my home for the longest period of time that I've ever been for nine years was um, in Elk Grove, California. Um, I was there, and it was from there from that point forward that, you know, as a teenager, I started to grow up, started to do things locally there in church, um, even did things kind of locally before that. You know, I mean, we, we lived overseas in Germany for um, about three years. It was there that, you know, I started to, to teach and to do preaching things as I was I was a, young, a younger kid. Um, and when I went to Elk Grove um, is when I started to get more involved with um, Bible studies and things like that of that nature on my high school campus and like that until eventually God opened up a door, um, which is almost crazy to think that was four years ago um, that I went down to be a missionary um, to the country of Mexico. And uh, so, yeah, God's been tremendously good to me. Um, God has um, opened up so many doors and um i'm blessed just god god's good you know god god's doing great things and i'm just so thankful to see what god's doing here locally all the doors that he's opening here um, in mexico we have two different churches here um you know different ministries that are going on we're looking to build bible college god's just god's just doing awesome stuff and we're just really excited awesome yeah well we'll go i definitely have some questions for you about um the missions work but also congratulations you just got married right I did, yeah. That was probably... Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've said. I didn't. I, I guess I didn't get a chance to congratulate you the last time um, we had spoke in person. I think it was you were preaching in Spokane, and um, I think you weren't married yet. No. Yeah. Okay. So awesome. Well, congratulations is in order, and I think your your ministry is unique because, of course, you grew up here in the states and abroad, and so. Um, I have questions about what teaching Bible studies is like outside of the United States. And um, you're in Mexico and Sonata. And so tell us a bit about what it's like to go out to hit the streets and to get contacts and to teach Bible studies. How is it similar to teaching Bible studies, you know, anywhere else? And how is it different? So um, that's a great question because there really is major differences. And it's um, so... For me, when I was in the States and I was starting, the way, that's why I started teaching Bible studies in the States was more so like um, built off personal kind of relationship and things like that. I started on my high school. Um, I started with a kind of like a format um, for a P7 Bible study club. Okay. Great. Um, but um, in my school, there was already a Christian club. Um, and I you know, I felt, you know, implored by God to, you know, start this Bible studies, um, you know, to win my friends. I really had like a, a divine moment, you know, I was pursuing like ministry in my mind. I had everything already figured out. 
you know what I mean? Like what I wanted to do, how my ministry was going to look forward to. And I remember um, that when I was speaking with my pastor just about what I wanted to do and things I wanted to go forward. He'd ask me, like, hey, have you ever um, taught a Bible study? And I was like 14. I was like, yeah, I never taught one. He was just like, well, why don't you go teach a Bible study? <laughs> and yeah, it's a it's a great question. Thank God for pastors, you know. And I did, you know, I, I went out and I know this is kind of like almost an intro to your question, but I think it will kind of lay a background for kind of the differences in the cultures that I experienced. Um, um, I remember like I initially, and this is what translates even to where I'm at right now, um, because I, I prayed for God to give me love for souls. Right. And, and, I, and I say this with everyone. I, when, when my pastor came to me, and he talked to me and he said, um, he said, Ben, he said, you know, go teach a Bible study. When I went back home, um, I, I did a lot of introspective thinking because I was ready for like pulpit ministry. You know, I was ready to right around the nation as a 14 year old, 16 year old. You know, just got <laughs> Yeah. And um, I did a lot of introspective thinking because I was reading all these books. You know, I was reading, you know, listening to all these sermons from bots and all these things, you know what I mean? Just this, this fire, the zeal is inside of me. And I came to the realization that like, man, like I don't have the love for souls like I should. Like, yeah, I believed it was right. I believed it was, I knew it was the right thing. Um, but I knew that like there was a miscommunication from like what I heard preached over a pulpit and what I felt inside of me. Right. Yeah. That's a sobering, that's a sobering moment. Yeah. And it was, yeah. At that point I was like, man, like there, there's a disconnect. And I, and I realized that I couldn't do what was asked of me if I didn't have love for souls, you know what I mean? Because if like, I was just looking at Bible studies and I think sometimes people look at it that way. They look at Bible studies as like just a little stepping stone to get into full-time ministry or mm. like kind of like, hit them enough, like uh, bare skins on their walls so they can be quote unquote qualified to hold a microphone. Um, yeah. Wow. And like, I came to the realization that like, man, like if I, I don't love souls, um, this is not gonna. This is not gonna see me through. And I look at that here today. Like, what keeps me motivated here on a foreign field from the rejection from like the different cultures? Like the lo I love souls. Yeah, that love for souls. Even though it started um, up in you know Sacramento and Northern California, but it, it's translated all the way down. You know, beyond the border because I just love people and I love souls, and that's what motivates me. And you know, I, I came to that realization that I didn't have that, and all I did um, is just pray. Like I would pray. I remember, like I, I was, you know, uh, I think it was sophomore. In high school, I just began to pray. Like I'd get down in my corner of my room, I'd say, "God, give me love for souls. Give me love for souls. Give me love for souls." And I remember, like, I had that divine moment. You know what I mean? Where I remember I was sitting in one of my classes, and the Holy Ghost hit me. I was listening to, and I recommend anyone listen to this listen to podcast. There's a the testimony from Brother Cody Marks that he preached at Peak about um, the man, the Chinese man he met at Duke, the Chang Wing testimony. Yes, I have cried many tears listening to that sermon. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sitting there in my typing class, and I and I'm listening to it, and I just start weeping, bawling, and you know, and God speaks to me, you know, in that moment, and um, you know, I, as as He speaks to me in that moment, like He's like, you know, you got you got to reach your friends, you got to reach your family, um, if you don't know who's going to do it. So I started teaching Bible studies on my high school campus, and it went from like from eight to we had like four on a weekly basis. Wow. Um. So the the dynamics of down there was was very different because when I was like I was a student. Um, I was dealing with like, it was, I, um, I called it the Bible club because there couldn't be two of one clubs. Okay. 
So there was the Christian club, but I was the Bible club. So I became more inclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I had Muslims in my Bible study. I had, uh, you know, Protestants, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons. I had all, like, all these people that were coming to my Bible study. Wow. Yeah, because it was like Bible club, you know what I mean? And so the dynamic there was um, I would get people to come to that Bible study because I would walk around with the pink, pink donut box, like around <laughs> all my periods. Yeah every single thursday and my teachers would be free advertising and they're like you know hey man like did you buy donuts for the class i'm like no this is actually for my club and i was yeah. like please come to room p7 and after lunch you'll get a donut right so people were there like you know i mean i kind of thought almost like you know people were coming yeah they were getting the word and we actually had people get baptized got the holy ghost out of it but like they, here they came they came for the donuts they stayed for the bread Right. What I would do is, well, I, I didn't give him the donut until this pass was over. So <laughs> we, had, you know, we had some sneaky ones in there. But, um, but yeah, like, so like here it's different because um, I think like on a high school campus, I think, or, or just when, that's probably one of the best places that anyone can reach God or reach souls for, for the Lord because you have, depending on how big your high school is, you have, you're in contact with hundreds of people every single day. If you have four to six periods, changing between 30 different people. You know, yeah, it's just like the amount of contact you can make is amazing. And here, um, when you're not no longer in that environment, you're no longer connected, you know, you don't have these commonalities. It's harder to to build like this common ground of trust and friendship. With yeah. People. So like here, um, I I'm very purposeful with building relationships with people here in the city. Um, like the other day, like I just made some headway with someone that I have been trying to win to God for three years. Um, wow um, this actually happened this last week um i was talking i was having I, i've just been he knows he knows he knows what i'm doing down here he knows he knows our church i've invited him before but i've just kind of put my feelers out there and realized like if i if i hit the gun on this guy's he's he's gonna he's gonna run he was a barista um mm -hmm. i him through three different coffee shop transitions we're friends you know what i mean yeah um i i I, I pushed a little bit more and I was like, man, I think it's about time that you, you finally joined one of my Bible studies. Yeah. Like, you know what, Ben? He was like, I, I, I think so. Like, I, I think I will, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I, I think relationship is such a big thing, especially being like a missionary, like this, this new person, you know what I mean? That's just coming into this area. Um, yeah. And I, I really tried to like, Hey, you're not just a number. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm after friendship and relationship. Um, but the culture of people, like I do a lot of Bible study surveys um, where I'll, I'll go with people. And that's been completely different the way that um, they react in the States, which is in, in, in here in Mexico. Do you have to change the questions and the approach of the survey? Because obviously you're still doing surveys. Is it the same survey? Is it, di is it different questions? How do you navigate or how do you decide what would be relevant questions to put in the survey? Yeah, so with the survey, like... Um, obviously, people here are very religious. It's like you know, the majority of people in our nation are like they're, they're Catholic or um, they're, you know, they're Catholic. And because they're under this guise of Catholicism, most people consider themselves to be religious people. And um, but they're not <laughs> in that aspect. Like it's just like this 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 thing that they have. Yeah, I'm a Catholic, but they they do whatever they want. You know, they they live their lives whichever they please. And so I really take the approach like this is a survey, like this is for information. Like I, mm -hmm. like I come to them and I'm like, Hey, I'm doing a survey. I'm doing information. You know, I have, a, I have a clipboard 
um, things of that nature. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, this is a Bible survey. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need 10, I need 10 quick questions. And um, the guys, the questions that, you know, that I have had in English and the ones that were translated and given to me in Spanish, um, is all about the person, um, you know, to get them to start thinking about, um, the second coming of Christ and if they're ready for it. I don't know if you've seen that survey. Uh, no, I haven't. I'm actually curious to look at, um, cause the survey method has been around and, um, I know different people take a different approach with it and something that I'd like to start offering from the ATB, um, kind of toolkit is like, I'm going to start offering kind of like packs of surveys, but different styles of surveys. And I'm curious to hear what type of questions are on there. So you're asking people specific questions about almost like, are you ready? Do you feel like you're spiritually ready for the second coming of Christ? It's very like non-confrontational. Um, it's okay. Is, do you believe there is a God? Okay. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm like, okay. And mm -hmm. Um, do you believe that you can have a, a some sort of relationship with this guy? Mm -hmm. uh, yes or no? You know, and then third question, um, have you made efforts in the past to, you know, to try to make a relation, you know, to make, um, you know, relationship with, 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 with God and they'll say yes or no, you know, and this, this model was one that was given to me from, from brother Urshan, brother Urshan, he worked with this one and someone translated it for us. Um, okay. So this is the brother Urshan's, um, survey. Yes. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that one. And it, it goes down from like the fifth question is like, um, do you believe the, the Bible is, is given, is, um, is, is, you know, divinely inspired? Yes or no? Yeah. I mean, sixth question, you know, and like, as you're walking them through, you mean like, do you believe that if you, you believe God expects us to live according to the Bible? Yes or no? Seventh question. Do you, um, you know, and it goes down all the way to the point where it's like, do you believe the Bible is revealing to us things that are happening in this world? And by that time, they're like, oh, oh, oh yeah. And they're yeah. talking they're talking throughout this Bible survey. They're like, yeah, you know, I made efforts, you know, before in the past. I used to go to church and with the catechism, you know what I mean? But I don't really go to church no more. Yeah, I, 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 I would say so. The Bible is, you know, given to us by God. But, you know, there's 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 got to be human components because it was written by man. Um, you know, I, yeah, I do believe God expects us to, to, to go by. So you're not just giving them. So for those who maybe are not familiar with the survey method, like you're not just giving them a set of questions. You're actually engaging in a conversation. And, and to, to a certain extent. Yeah. Cause you don't you, like, you're like, you're like, you get a little bit. Okay. Okay. Well, next question, you know, and they're right. In that way, they're in that way. We're like, they're wanting, they're thinking, they're wanting to engage just a set of questions until it gets to that point. Usually. And if, I mean, if you are being spirit led, you're being spirit filled. I mean, and it's my, I'm looking at them in the eyes. I'm like, I'm praying like that. They will, they will feel the love of Christ as I'm looking at them in the eyes. Right. They, they will feel something different. The way I'm, I'm asking these questions, you know, where I'm emphasizing these points and they'll be like, you know what? Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at Have you ever prayed with someone at the end of a survey? Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like um, people like that, you know, they just been like, you know, the, the honesty, it's like, have you mm -hmm. heard of the second coming of Christ? And they're like, yeah. Do you think you'll be part of that number? No, I I, I don't, man. They'll, start, they'll break down and start crying at that point um, because I think that they've built up these walls to not think about it. You know I mean? Right. That's very true. A lot of people are, um, what they believe and how they live are totally separate. And that disconnect, when you, when you bring that about 
you know, you try to be as non-confrontational as possible, but when you can bring that out in person, that is a very special and sensitive moment. And if they're repentant, like, man, you could lay hands on them right there and just pray for them. <laughs> yeah, and you, you could get the Holy Ghost there, like, and, you know, it's like from that point, it's like, would you, would you want a Bible study? Yeah. Yes or no. And I've done a lot of that Bible study. One thing I have figured out with the people, um, at least I would say with, uh, I would, I, I, I guess I can make a generality um, as yeah. it. But like, it's from what I've realized, but like the people, like the people, the Mexican people, uh, at least in our region, they will say yes a lot of times, but their yes is like, you want a Bible study? It's like, yeah, okay, we'll put you down. I remember the first time I did the Bible study survey, I knocked on like 40 doors and like mm -hmm. 26 of them were like, yes, I want a Bible study, right? And yeah. Your percentage is going to be like less. It's going to go down. Yeah, it's going to go down. Originally, like when they say yes, but I'm like. I, I have over yeah. 50 percent like acceptance rate. Yeah. I start calling the WhatsApps and I, like it's an app, but WhatsApp. Yeah. We start using, you know, voicemails, you know, people aren't following through. Um, right. So like now um, that's kind of, kind of the answer going more certainly to your question in terms of like the different cultural context. I am really um, not super pushy when it comes to, and I really try to read people and individuals like mm -hmm. when I'm asking them and I, like when I'm engaging the conversation, um, more often than not, I'll start Bible studies by like having like, Hey, let's go to coffee. Let's yeah. And like, I know it's a Bible study, but they don't know it's a Bible study. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you, you have to do that and it's not manipulation, but what it is is people don't know what a Bible study is, but when they have that first one and they experience it, they're like, Oh, I like this. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's what I do here. Like I don't like more often than not. Like I have I have two Bible studies set up right now with families that I have personally. They've come to our church. Okay. I you know followed up with them and things like that, and they're, and they're interested and in, you know have having Bible studies with their family. Um, but other people, um, when I'm besides when we do like a big local effort for like or like you know because I'm over evangelism as well here that like we when we're you know we're going to do the Bible study survey push, I will tell people let's go. For coffee i want to get to know you and like yeah the whole question isn't really the first initial meeting is not even like about it's not even really a bible study you know what i mean even when i have my bible study, i have my bible there but i'm like tell me your story um yeah and so you're assessing you're conversing and you're building a genuine relationship and um that's really important because you know the way i teach it um we just last week i was preaching somewhere and we i did a small seminar little bible study seminar and the way I teach it is we're called to be neighborly, friendly, and evangelistic. Now, there's times where you can cut straight to being evangelistic if the, if, if the timing is right with that particular person or it's an event like that's strictly evangelistic. But in your everyday life, you be neighborly. And being neighborly means you just be Christian to everybody you run into. Like you're not going out of your way. But then once you meet someone, then you befriend them. That means you go out of your way, right? to talk to them and to be kind to them. And then once you sufficiently establish a friendship, then you can be evangelistic. And so I try to tell people, don't feel discouraged because you're not preaching from the street corner every day of your life or passing out a church card. The Good Samaritan, he was being a good neighbor, right? And this is why Jesus told that story is most people don't know who their neighbors are. And your neighbors are the people that you run into in the, in the routine course of your everyday life, right? Those are your neighbors, it's proximity. And so I like what you're saying because I, th I think it's the more 
natural and organic way not to say that going straight for the you know the survey but as you're saying you have to be realistic about about the outcomes you know and i i think it's it, it comes down like to the fact of like where we need to go to is that like uh, i truly like evangelism it has to be a lifestyle yes you know? because if it's not a lifestyle um when you have those moments where like i i think that like there are divine moments where you bump into someone and they are just they are hungry and you are the one i was listening to brother merrill cornwell preach about about it um about yeah you know i just i just i think i'm thinking of the same thing because i reposted it last night because it was on apostolic power network he's like some people just their their life ha manages to intersect with someone who's hungry at the right time exactly and he was saying like that someone's gonna can you like i don't be one that bumps into it like i want to yeah be purposeful and i this is what i do i pursue this you pursue this and when you when you there's not that pressure of like like what like i think people like i remember when i can bring it personal i remember like when it was time for like saturday corporate outreach as a young man like i felt the pressure like we got baptized someone this saturday yeah if not, this is for not like i mean like yeah and there's there's a lot of expectation and pressure and then when there's and then the, and then when you don't see results right if your expectations get crushed all of a sudden then then you become discouraged and but what you're saying is if you include it as a part of your lifestyle and, and, and you take the pressure off of yourself and just let things happen organically. You're still pursuing it, but you'll see more results over time. Because I have I've had had awkward, like tons of awkward situations for like, I, Brother Prado, I think he calls it the shotgun approach, the shotgun myth. Yeah, yeah. I was just a double pump shotgun guy back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think a lot of us were. Yeah, we were just double barreled, you know, just guns blazing. And I will do that like when like i am like at an airport like i'm never yeah. gonna see an individual again yes or things like that but like when you are when you are in the field of your labor wherever that is like you know what i mean you don't get discouraged if it doesn't go through because i'll be back like right i'm gonna build upon this like you know what i mean and just like how we believe that scriptures are built line upon line and precept upon precept i believe that even like the the, the way that we evangelize individuals it's like i am building my, my rapport with you um, not just spiritually, like, because it's like, I don't have to quote unquote, like you said, like, prepare the spiritual aura of a person. Like, I'm going to show you that I'm, hey, like, you know what? I told you last week, um, like, your credit card machine was down. This happened. I said that um, I would pay you back for the coffee beans that I grabbed here. Yeah. And I'm like, I have a tab. No, you don't have a tab. I'm like, no, I do have a tab. Like, yeah. Check. And then everyone's just looking at me in the coffee shop. And they're like, well, I'm not sure. I'm like, no, I, I know I owe y'all money. And then I'm like, hey, I've never met anywhere people didn't want to take my money. Well, they're just looking at me like stunned. Right. Because I'm I'm building upon this rapport because I, I'm I'm here to, to show you like um that like, yes, as much as the gospel, it's gonna feed your spirit, man. It's also gonna feel your your mental, your emotional. It, it, it's 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 wholeness, the gospel wholeness. Yeah. And I think when you show an individual that you're not so like just I'm only here after your spirit. And you're not after there is the person they they will begin to allow the enemy i think to to talk and to mean everything that they've heard like they're not they just want your money or they just want you as a right but when you take interest in them it for some people are so taken aback well you have to remember i mean jesus looked at zacchaeus and was like i'm coming to your house you know he was probably like me you know but um my wife and i taught a bible study for quite a long time and 
um, the lady told us that she was a violinist and that she was doing, she was part of a huge orchestra. And we were like, well, we want to come. And we actually went and it was great. It was a great time for me and my wife to just get out and do some fun. And then we also got to continue strengthening a relationship. And yes, we eventually we baptized her um, and, and the progress was made. And my, my point is, yes, if you go out of your way to show people interest and, and it's not your right, when you don't look at them as purely a number, it, I think it has a huge impact on them. And I think that so, go ahead. Uh, no, I just, um, um, I guess we're getting close to uh, wrapping it up here, but, um, I guess we could probably go on for like another 30 minutes. This is so good, but, um, I do want to let you go. However, so knowing, knowing all, um, that, you know, just from having experience teaching Bible studies through high school and then, um, through now you're also, you also are evangelizing as well or, or deputizing at times. I'm not sure what your arrangement is, um, and your experience with Bible studies. How do you see, how do you see Bible studies kind of, um, kind of progressing in your life? Is it something that you'll always take with you everywhere you go? Um, because I, I like what you said earlier. Some people look at it as a stepping stone or as a bare minimum to ministry. You obviously don't have that mindset. So let's just say your context changes. Um, how, how do you approach Bible studies when you, when you know something is going to change? So like, let's just say you're going to be in the States for how long do you, do you travel in the States when you're here? Say extended periods of time. So, and like, in essence, especially with like this year, like I've been like very purposeful, like in terms of like, if I will go out, um, like I won't be gone longer now, like this year I'm trying to go for a weekend and I'm like, I'm like deputized more so for like you know, a set amount of time. Okay. Even though I haven't found what it's going to be for this year, I know sometime probably towards the latter this year, I will probably be gone for two months straight. Um, and versus the sometimes, you know, like, you know, sometimes there might be like, Hey, if I have to go to a conference, Right. I have some things I have to preach a conference. And, and so when you're gone, do you do Zoom? Yeah. When you're gone, do you do Zoom Bible studies? How do you maintain consistency with kind of that like itinerant um, schedule? Yeah. So basically um, Zoom, I, I tried Zoom, but because of the people sometimes down here with the Wi-Fi, it really doesn't work. I use what's yeah. Um, but I'm also trying to train people down here to get the lifestyle of Bible studies as well. Okay. So I'm always teaching a Bible study. Like I have like a, I try to bring it at like, I quote, quote, not, not an apprentice, but somebody who's just watching and like, yeah. there's a comfortable context. Cause I think like if I'm gone, I don't want there to be that awkward connection. Like, okay, now so-and-so is not going to be like, there's someone here who's been right. with us yeah. on this process. They're, they're emotionally invested as well, even though they're not teaching it. Um, yeah. And they got to take over. They're, they're cool. Like, for example, like I want to teach this Bible. So we just got a brand new contact. Um, and um, this, there's this young man in our church, incredibly brilliant. Uh, but like, you know, we're, we're that he's it's Bible studies teaching is new for him. So like okay. I'm Bible study with my wife, but he's going to be there every single time we teach it. So mm -hmm. like there will become the point that like, um, you know, we want to build Bible study teachers to the point that like everyone's teaching Bible studies. Yeah. And the ball doesn't get dropped if I leave. Um, if I'm gone, it's mostly like text. Hey, man, how are you doing? Okay. Hey, how did Bible study go? 
da 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 like I got I got guys right now, you know, they'll they'll text and call me and you know, just relationship, you know what I mean? Um, because I've tried the um, the Zoom and honestly with like kind of our challenges like with like Wi Fi and things like that for them. Yeah. Makes it hard. Um so I, I try we try to just bring someone along that can pick it up. Right, right. I understand. I mean, we have our we have our uh, technical difficulties, you know, with all the greatest Wi-Fi. Even today, we had a little bit of trouble. But um, yeah, I see what you're saying. But you're right. I think training people to take your place and then also to do what you do is um, another another incredible part of teaching Bible studies. And um, this is discipleship. And yeah, this is like like I think the the end goal like. Before my end goal was like, when I was younger, I, like, I want to see them baptized. I want to see them with the Holy Ghost. And then, but then like my end goal changed. Like, I want these people to begin to turn around and to make babies too. Right. And that's, that's the beauty of teaching Bible studies is because the seed is in itself, right? So if someone is one through Bible studies, there's no question in their mind what they would have to do in order to win someone, right? Because the seed is already in that life, is in that fruit. And, um, yeah, I think there's a phenomenon. We can talk about this for a while, but there's a there's a whole phenomenon of seedless fruit, you know what I mean, spiritually speaking. And that is fruit that is that's brought to fruition, but it actually doesn't know how to um it does it doesn't know how to it, this fruit doesn't have a seed. <laughs> Simply put, and so I think the aspect like I was just talking to someone about this. Yeah. It's, Fruit is supposed to bring nourishment to the right. people around you. And I right. think sometimes people are, are what we consider fruit is stuff that looks good and it looks like mm -hmm. it's peaceful, but it's not feeding no one around it. And if right. you're truly producing fruit, your relationships that you're connected to will be nourished by what you want. Will be nourished, yeah. Yeah, and then also the, the teaching Bible study aspect and then also you, the people who you teach are learning about teaching. They don't know it yet, right? And then the people you bring with you to help you teach, they're learning as well. And um, there's just there's just a lot that goes on there. There's a lot that goes on, and I think it's beneath the surface, and it comes it doesn't come out till later down the road. But some of the most avid Bible study teachers that I know were people who were one through Bible studies. And so I think that's one of the beauties of teaching Bible studies is it has a compounding effect. And, you know, eventually there's somebody who, man, they bring— I heard of a guy the other day who who ran a bus ministry and he personally brought like 600 people like one person you know that's like you know that's a really um that's a really powerful thing but that's the power of one that's the power of teaching one bible study so um last question and that is um what would you what would you say to someone to encourage them to to get out there and start teaching bible studies i think like, I think people who don't teach Bible studies, um, if I'm speaking to the person, so I'm you know, like, are the people that you are missing out on some of the greatest experiences in life? Like, yeah, the greatest, the funniest stories I've ever taught, they have been, yeah, great. it's like this life is just from going to a Bible study and being offered food. Like, I've heard you guys talk about this, yeah. Oh, I got food stories. <laughs> you did in Jesus' name because yeah. you know you're after you're after you love them. You love them, right? You're trying to win their soul. You know, um, I think I mean the benefits are endless. The Bible says, "He that wins souls is wise." There's wisdom yeah. that, you, that you will be gaining as you teach. The growth, absolutely, 
personally as you teach Bible studies, like um, is incredible. Like it, and but beyond even that, like the stories and, and, and things like that of that nature. Um, like I, I think a lot of times, like people do make it a prerequisite. Um, you know what I mean, or, or a good prerequisite to teach Bible studies to be involved in ministry. Um, but I think people that don't teach Bible studies, I'm like, I, I would even say borderline, you're not qualified to be in ministry because that is that is like, and I know that like, that might sound really harsh, but I mean, we are apostolic. Yeah. And to be apostolic, I believe it's the will of God that we we give birth to children and that our children give birth to children too. Like we are in the game of production. And if we are not, yeah. we are not apostolic. Um, yeah. Acts 1.8. This is, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And we will shout, we will go crazy, we'll sing mm-hmm. our songs and all that stuff. But the, the following thing is it, to be witnesses. And we absolutely see that, that experience is all based upon production. The power, the anointing that we feel is to empower us. That dunamis is to help us, give us the ability to confront the spiritual warfare that you will that you will feel. That you when you are no longer battle for your, for yourself, but you battle for this for the for uh, for others, right? Like that that is another level of um, spiritual maturity. When you're no longer God, you know you're at that altar praying for um for for your own salvation and for for you to just to merely make it by. But you're praying for the Bible so that you have. You're praying for the people that you're witnessing and you're talking to. I I mean it's it's like a Pandora box. It's an, it's 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 incredible what you can do for Bible studies. And I would say to encourage someone to do it, because I know Bible studies sound so scary. It sounds so intimidating. Like, just know God is going to use you. Like, I know right. extroverts and we think, oh my goodness, like the extrovert is the one that can do that. you got to be personable, charismatic. Like, when you get one to the church, when you get one to God, God is not going to make you somebody else. God is yeah. going to use you how you are. And if you're an introvert, God is giving you the abilities and, and the ways within you to win souls. There, there are people that you can reach that I can't reach. Um, there, are, there are, there are only things that you can can go that I, I can't go. And just be confident in the fact that when you come to the point of in that process of fulfilling what God has called you to be, you don't have to be nobody else. God is going to just use you. He's going to use you as maybe a quiet, a shy, intellectual person or a loud, boisterous, um, life of the party type of a person. And the beautiful part is you are part of the body and you make it diverse. And if you will just realize that you will say things that, you know, and I could tell tons of funny stories of like how I just, <laughs> I just messed things up. And I said things I shouldn't say. And I was put on the spot and I had to go study more and I had to go pray more. Um, and I had to go oh, yeah. do all these things, but it's just, um, just go, just to do. And if you will go and do, God will, God will empower you. Um, pray. Yes, he will. And pray for the, and pray for just to love souls. Um, and I think if you will pray for, to love souls and you'll eat, sleep and breathe it, um, it's just going to be a byproduct of your lifestyle. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Well, amen. This has been, um, wonderful. Yeah, folks, there you have it. It's been a great time with Reverend Benjamin Rodriguez, and uh, uh, we hope that you've been blessed, and we will catch you on the next episode.